Welcome to the Veteran Founder Podcast on the Startup Radio Network. Starting a company allows you to be back in control. The weekly show that brings together military spouse and veteran founders who are doing remarkable things in the business world. I can't imagine there's anything out there stronger than the bond that military and veteran entrepreneurs have. We'll hear their story, the story of their business, and lessons learned. Joy can override the worries and depression. Here are your hosts, Carmen Nazario and Josh Carter. Hey, everybody. Welcome. It is Friday. It is 1 p.m. on the West Coast, which means only one thing. It is time for the Veteran Founder Podcast right here on the Startup Radio Network. I am your host, Josh Carter. Alon is our engineer, and Carmen Nazario is out for the summer. She'll be back this fall. If you are new to the show, welcome. We are really excited you're here. Every week, we get to talk to these remarkable people who have just one more thing on their resume, which is service to our country. And this week, we have the pleasure of talking to Mike Donnelly of CBD Path. Welcome, sir. Thank you very much, Josh. Glad to be here. Thanks for having me. Yeah, you know, I'm always excited when I get to talk to a fellow Navy vet because there's so much extra to talk about. But <laughs> unfortunately, I don't have a lot to relate because I wasn't a SEAL. You were. So, uh, but I'm really excited to talk either way because uh, your, your, your background is just so interesting and compelling. Uh, first, I want to start out uh, a little bit about why you got into the military. Like, what compelled you to go into the military? Uh, at the time, you know, so... School was never my gig. It was never my thing, right? Um, I was an anti-kid, very active, and sitting around in the class and listening to people wasn't, uh, didn't work for me very well. Um, so in 12th grade, you know, I was trying to decide what I want to do, what path I wanted to take. So uh, I didn't want to work for my dad. I uh, didn't want to go get a regular average job. I knew I didn't want to go to college. I had enough of school for the most part. Um, so, I, so interesting enough, and, and it wasn't planned out. I scored high on my ASVAB test in high school, which is your which is your uh, your military aptitude test to see where you where you score. So, the military came to my high school. The army picked me up, took me to their office, and said, "You could be a Green Beret." I'm like, "Shit, that's cool." Uh, I went. I left there and told all my friends, told my family, I'm going to be a Green Beret. And then I was advised, hey, you know, why don't you at least go talk to the other armed forces before you, know, you make your final decision? No problem. So now this is back before the movies and the books and, and everything was out. So I didn't know much about the military and, and I definitely didn't know anything about SEALs, surprisingly enough. So the Navy comes and picks me up. And, and it was neat because, you know, my mother was prior Navy. My stepfather was a Navy CB and my my grandfather was in World War II in the Navy. It, it didn't play a big role in my life. Like I really never really noticed it. Um, and I never really realized, you know, that the military side of my family that was there, it was, it wasn't, you know, very pronounced, but um, so I went, they recommended the Navy. So I went and talked to the Navy. They picked me up. They took me to their office. They sat me down in front of this little cube TV. It might've, it might've even been black and white, but it might've been color. So I see these dudes jumping in and out of boats and jumping in and out of airplanes and running and gunning. And I'm like, shit, that looks pretty cool. I'm, I'm told they're the best in the world. I'm like, that looks cool. You know what? I want to give that a shot. So, you know, lo and behold, next thing you know, I, I, I signed up for the Navy. I joined at the age of 17 years old, a scrawny punk ass kid. Yeah, that's, that's the same story. Uh, pretty much like I, I had my, my mom had to sign a permission slip for me to join the Navy. Mm -hmm. I guess now uh, it's really cool. And so back, I'm assuming you either went, 
back then there, there were three recruitment or boot camps, I guess. There was Orlando, San Diego, and Great Lakes. Which one did you get to go to? Oh, you're, you're very well versed. I got I got to go to Orlando. I think I went to Orlando because I, I was born and raised in Miami and I was coming out of Miami. So it was just ah. to send me to Orlando, which was cool because, you know, it was half men and half women. So Yeah. Yeah, I, I ended up at Great Lakes and it was the last because at the time when I got in in 94, they just closed Orlando. In fact, the class before me went to Orlando, but then everybody else went to Great Lakes and they'd already closed San Diego. So uh, what was that experience like for you? What, what was it for me? I can tell you, I was same, same thing. Not a great scholastic type of person. Uh, didn't really enjoy school all that, ma- that much um, and, and just didn't take it whole, really seriously. Boot camp for me was a, a, a awakening. Right. Right. Definitely. Not, definitely an eye opener. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So what was that experience like for you? You know, it was interesting. You, you got to see, you know, different aspects of different, different people's lives and where they came from and how they deal and cope with certain situations. And yeah, it was, it was interesting to me, you know, I was never, I was never a ba- I was never babied. So, you know, but it was, so it was interesting to see men cry when they woke up or, you know, the, you know, not being where they were used to sleeping their whole lives. And it, it was, it was a neat, it was definitely an awakening to see the different aspects of people in their lives and how they grew up and, and what they grew up in and, and then choosing to go into military and putting themselves in the position that, that we were put in and being able to deal with it and cope with it. And some of them that, that couldn't and, and, and gave up and quit amazingly enough in boot camp. Um, so yeah, that was very interesting and, and funny and funny. You mentioned that I also went to great lakes for gunners made school. Okay. So yeah, back then we had to pick a rate. So it's funny. I'm in, I'm in boot camp and <laughs> I'm in boot camp, and I, I passed the physical to to so I had passed the physical to get the buds in boot camp, and um, it, it was interesting because they asked me so knowing that you might fail out of buds, they make you pick a rate, and yep. for me, I picked gunners mate school. So, and the reason why I did this, like, oh shit, I'm gonna be a seal. Let me, this is how uneducated I was. I'm like. Let me pick gunners made school. I want to be a SEAL. So let me go, let me go to that gunners made school and learn something before I get the buds. So <laughs> gunners made school ended up being three months of in Great Lakes shit snow and learning about weapon systems and mis- missile systems and torpedoes that I would never deal with again. So it was it was one week of small arms. So it was one week of rifles and handguns. And then the rest of the three months was all missile systems and guided and all that stuff. So interesting choice that I made. I had some buddies that picked signalmen and were there in like six weeks. I, I, I had to go to Great Lakes and we six uh, three months wow yeah Yeah, well it's really interesting because the i think what and maybe it's different now i who knows but recruiters don't do a great job explaining some of those those journeys for you so you get in and like i wanted to be an illustrated draftsman i I had drawn drawn you know most of my life so i wanted to be a draft there's no school for that (laughs) (laughs) so what happens you have to strike to get into that rate and there's only 380 in the entire navy so someone has to die or retire for you to get in well instead of the recruiter putting in me something that would be simple like quartermaster or signalman Uh, it put me in as undesignated so uh, what happened i go as deck yeah which is you know like going to infantry if you're in the army or the marines or something like that it's just really grueling work so after you're done with gunner's mate school, you head to buds training then. Buds, yeah. So you know, interesting enough, I don't, I, you know, I've said, I've, I've mentioned this a few times, and it's, it's interesting who picks up on it. So, in 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 gunner's mate school, so I constantly had to take physical tests to make sure I was still prepared to go to buds. So, so through boot camp, through gunner's mate school, I regularly had to take physical exams and physical, you know, the push-ups, pull-ups, sit-ups, and swim to make sure that I was eligible to go to buds. 
and just this will give you an idea of, of how you know I thought you know how I was able to process some things and, and become successful is I was you know again I was a punk scrawny ass kid I had never done the side stroke in my life I had never the recovery stroke that you have to do in the SEAL teams and and actually to go to get through those physical exams you had to do the side stroke and I don't re- I don't remember the distances but I was never fast enough at that swim to make the times I knew I wasn't no matter how much I had practiced I, there wasn't enough time for me to get in enough practice to pass those tests so what I had done was I had always known who the fastest guy was in the pool. I knew who that guy was that was fast. I'd get in the lane next to him and I would do my best. And when I saw him finish, I would do two more laps and then I would finish no matter how many laps I had done. <laughs> and that's how I passed. That's how I passed my phys- physicals to get to butts. FYI. So yeah, that's so smart. So, because there was never enough proctors at the time, I knew there wasn't a proctor per lane. There's, there's, there's just enough proctors to keep an eye on all the guys and just right. not to count everybody's laps. So, got got next to the guy that was the fastest, knew when he finished that I had a couple more laps to do before I could finish. Um, made it to buds, uh, classed up with class one seventy three. Um, you know, I, and I get a lot of questions of why, you know, how'd you make it, or why'd you make it, or so on and so forth. And, and one of my responses is I was too dumb to know any better. Um, you know, I had no reason to quit. You know, a lot of the guys that I saw quit, uh, we started with 120, 127 guys in my class, 18 of us originals graduated. And, uh, you know, I always, uh, you know, the guys that I saw quit or the guys that I recognized to quit always had something to quit for their wife. Their wife, they they had a wife in town, they had kids, they had a mom that still loved them. Like they were, you know, you know, what they had had a reason, like if they quit, it would have been okay because they had something to go to. Right, you know, and I don't get me wrong. I love my mom and my family, but it, but I'm, I wasn't close. I wasn't attached, and it's not something I thought I'd run back to and 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 you know put my head on their shoulder. So, you know, if I quit life, you know, I had nothing to run to. I had nothing to go back to. So, like, they just suck it up and keep doing it, right? Um, so you know, so that's basically what I did the entire time in buds is is uh, sucked it up, one evolution, one meal to the next meal to the next meal, uh, and luckily passed. You know, luckily graduated. Uh, same class you know, all the way through. So that was a great experience. Great experience for me. Yeah. So I did, te- I did 10 years. I went to SEAL Team 4, did 10 years active. Wow. What, did you, what was surprising about the, the experience that you had in the military that you weren't expecting? What do you think uh, you came out with, with that you didn't you know, go in with? I, again, you know, I, take, I, I think I'm a high-risk uh, person, high-risk-taking person, um, but, you know, whether I recognized it when I was young or not. Um, and I just jump into things. I just do things. Um, so I, I wasn't expecting much. You know, I, was, I didn't know what to look for, what to expect, you want to know the truth, but I know what I got. And there's no question that, you know, I learned to be a man. I learned to be structured. I learned to be organized. You know, the military doesn't give you a choice. There's processes, procedures, booklets, pamphlets, manuals. Like you can't, you know, if you go left or right, you know, you were kind of wrong because there was something that you, you already did the training and you already knew you're supposed to go straight. Um, so, so no question, my 10 years, uh, in the military active uh, a couple years reserves, there's no questions. It, it taught me to be a man. Um, it put me around the right influence, the right leaders to understand, you know, what it would take to be successful in life, no matter what, you know, whatever I did. Yeah. And when you were done with that, what did you do when you got out? So, you know, upon the 10 year mark, that was the time where I was like, okay, you know, we're either going to, if we sign back up, we're going to do this for another 10 years. We're going to call it, you know, we're going to make a career out of the military. If I, if, if I signed up at my 10 year mark and, or get out and be my own boss, you know, it was, it was, it, it became important to me not to be told what to do, when to do and how to do it, you know, all the time. So I leaned to, I obviously I, I got out, uh, decided not to re up. Um, and, 
you know, at the time I wanted, I was into sports, uh, very active, uh, in good shape. And, and I wanted to be a, a um, uh, what is it? Uh, a sports therapist, you know, and, and I wanted to be in the area of medical and sports. So I got, I got out, came back to Miami and started going to college full time. And while I was going to college, I got a job working part time in a low voltage company, uh, alarm systems, fire alarm systems, security systems, camera systems, that, that sort of low voltage. Um, so started going to school full time. And then I realized, you know what? <laughs> I still don't like it. <laughs> it's still not for me. I'm, I'm not into writing papers and sitting in classrooms and that type of deal. So I stopped going to college full time. I saw the business side, the recurring revenue side of the low voltage industry, the contracts and, and whatnot. So, you know, I made it my goal to, to learn that, you know. So what's interesting is that I, at 27 years old, uh, when I got out of the military, I was a Navy SEAL sniper, a lot of qualifications, demolition expert, you know, free fall jumps, the whole deal. Um, now I'm pulling wire through attics and under houses in rat shit and insulation and mud and dirt. And, you know, so here I am, 27 year old Navy SEAL sniper crawling through attics, you know, starting at the bottom, hum bottom humbling myself and seeing the big picture, knowing where I want to get in business. Um, so going from going from that to running sales, to uh, running operations, to running the company I was working for, uh, then eventually to get my own license and start my own my first company. And what did you think you took from your military experience that helped you as you're getting into being an entrepreneur? There's a solution for everything. You know, yeah. there's, there's no problems. There's, there's nothing you can't fix. There's nothing you can't find a solution for. Um, you know, it's the company that I own now, the low voltage company I own now is one of the largest in South Florida. We have offices in Atlanta and West Palm and, and we do very well for ourselves. I have a great business partner. Um, we're 50, 50 in the company, but it's, it's a situation where there's nothing that I can't do. I can, I, if I put my mind to it, I can get anything done. So I, I believe the military, you know, gave me the, you know, gave me that moving forward to know that don't give up on anything and there's nothing you can't do. Like I don't stress. I don't stress. I don't. Uh, I don't get anxiety. Um, I think it's. I think it's self-taught. I think it's a mindset. You know, mindset's huge. I think what I learned. You know. You know, obviously being a Navy SEAL and going through some of the trainings that uh, some of the training that we go through. Obviously, a lot of that's you know built. It's not natural. I, I believe I learned a lot through my process of, of going through the SEAL teams and the training and and going to the different countries and, and doing what I did. Um, I believe that shaped me a lot too. To to know that, you know, not a lot frazzles me. Yeah, and I think that's a common thread that I've heard from a lot of veteran founders, and, I, and it's certainly something I, I understand as well. Is that you know, we don't we we're able to contextualize things when when a, an issue comes up, right? Where it's not like if some drastic things happen, we're not freaking out about it. We can we can contextualize it and and sort of sort of take a breath, take a step back, and analyze what needs to be done. Right. And yeah. uh, and when people ask me well, like what what is what makes a good uh, uh, entrepreneur, what makes a good veteran entrepreneur? It's all those qualities. It's those qualities that, you know, they're able to do more with less and, and able to think on their feet and pivot quickly and not get hung up on things. Right. So I, I think that's great. What, what do you think surprised you about the entrepreneurship journey? What do you think you didn't expect? Again, it goes back to like, I, I, I don't have a lot of expectations. Like it, it, it's interesting that I, I jump into things and I, and I just do like, I, I just do, I go, I move. I, I, like I never stop. My foot hits the ground in the morning and I'm moving until my head hits the pillow at night. I don't sit down and think and ponder and doing a lot of that stuff. Um, you know, so for me, it's, 
it's it's nonstop movement, nonstop just just moving forward at at, at every cost, at, at every turn, just doing what I have to do, whatever it is in front of me. Nice. So let's talk about you. Know, you had the first business. What was CBD Path your next business, or were there a couple more uh, businesses before then? No. So yeah, several. Uh, <laughs> I, have several I have several companies open right now. Um, no. So so here's here's something I, I believe is, is very important about entrepreneurship. I, I believe in your first endeavor. Um, if it succeeds, you know, if it fails then you move on to the next one, but if you're able to succeed with it, you need to build it and build it big and build it strong. So what I was able to do is take my first, my first venture of opening a, a low voltage alarm company and build it to where it's, it's putting off money. So I'm able to go do other things. So I couldn't have just half-assed built a company and just made enough to live nicely and, and whatever. I had to build the company, build reserves, build recurring revenue, you know, you know, build uh, a team of people that are able to do their jobs and, and make sure that the, the company keeps growing and moving forward. And then from there, I'm able to, to take the offshoot of that and, and invest in other things that, that, that I enjoy. And one of the, one of the things I invested in were gyms. So, you know, I invested in gyms with a couple of friends of mine and we own gyms around the world in Dubai and New York and, and whatnot. We since sold those. Um, and we have an, we have an app out right now called Neo U, which is one of the largest fitness apps uh, on the market. So, um, that's still, that's still current and active, um, a nutrition company bought into a nutrition company since sold that, um, I bought, um, me and some associates invested in, we got the first license to legally, um, grow and sell marijuana in Jamaica. Um, that's still active. We have three open dispensaries in Jamaica, a very okay. interesting investment. Um, uh, so why, stuff- why, why Jamaica? That's, I mean, Marijuana in, in Jamaica seemed like a perfect fit, but <laughs> it was never legal. It was never legal before, and and Jamaica decided that they wanted to legalize it and give license and give licenses out so they can get their taxes on it. So got it. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, so investments like that. So I was able, I was able to you know meet new people and, and meet new friends and and entrepreneurs like myself because you know remember the, the the people you surround yourself with is who you are. So you know, and I truly believe that too. I, you know, I try to keep the, the you know, I try to keep the people around me is who I want to be, the people that are fit, the people that are always moving up and forward. So, so I was able to invest in a bunch of those companies and, and a few others as well. Uh, there's, there's just a few uh, of my investments I have going on. Yeah. Um, so from there, um, so, so, you know, entrepreneurship doesn't scare me, you know, opening businesses, running businesses, investing in businesses doesn't scare me. You know, I think, I think, you know, being an entrepreneur, owning your own business is the American dream. I believe everybody at one point or another in their lives should open their own company, should be their own boss at some point. It's not for everybody. Not everybody's going to be successful at it, but I truly believe everybody should try it, um, in one aspect or another. Um, so the CBD path, um, I have, a, I have a very beautiful, intelligent wife who uh, she's an industrial engineer, graduated from University of Miami, um, very smart. And she, she's she been in the branding marketing business her whole life, worked for some very large companies, had Gatorade as one of her clients, Pepsi, uh, Nokia as, as a couple of her clients. So she really understands the marketing and branding uh, of businesses. So she had a CBD company that hired her to put together the roadmap for their marketing and branding, uh, giving them the one month, five month, six month, one year, five year roadmap on, on where they need to invest, how they need to invest for, for marketing and branding. 
At the same time, I am thoroughly involved with fundraising for nonprofit veteran organizations. So throughout the year, you know, anywhere from five to 10 to 15 times, I'm, I'm in different parts of the country doing demonstrations or raising money for nonprofit veteran organizations. Um, I'm on the board of the Navy SEAL, UDT Navy SEAL Museum as well. So that in combination with the project my wife was working on doing studies for CBD, I, 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 I ran into several veterans that were using CBD. Um, throughout throughout my travels um, and 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 learning about the benefits the true benefits that it was giving uh, these veterans so in conjunction at the same time my wife was doing a study for another company and, and I've always I've always pushed my wife to be her own boss and start her own company I know I'm going on a, little, a while here it's okay I always push my wife to start her own company be her own boss like she was very she was smart enough she had the work ethic to get it done but she she had always just worked for somebody else and got that that nice paycheck every two weeks um, so one night she's doing her studies on the CBD company and she stands up and she goes, you know, Mike, she goes, I think we can make a business out of this. Uh, cause you know, we had, we were learning that this was out there, but not a lot of people knew about it. Not a lot. And there was wrong information on how to take it, the education behind it. She goes, I think we can make a company behind this, get it in front of veterans and, and really educate what CBD could do for them. And it took me all about five to 10 seconds to say, absolutely. Let's do it. Let's put this together. Um, so in January 2020, we put the CBD path together. And, and the main reason we put it together is, is to get it in front of veterans. So veterans know it's out there to educate. And one of our biggest things is education uh, on the CBD is huge. There's not a lot out there. And, and uh, that's one of our big things right now. Yeah, I mean, it's it's interesting because I think a lot is still unknown about CBD and the benefits. And especially in the veteran community, I think the more education we can get in, especially in the VA, I, I think it just benefits everybody. And I really want to dig into this, but we want to take a quick break. Uh, we've been talking to Mike Donnelly from CBD Path. We're going to take a quick break here on the Veteran Founder Podcast. We'll be right back. This hour of the Startup Radio Network is supported by Bridges to Change. Bridges to Change's mission is to strengthen individuals and families affected by addictions, mental health, poverty, and homelessness. They use their voice and resources to stand up to all forms of discrimination, mass incarceration, barriers to health care, and inequitable economic opportunities. Bridges to Change's goal is to empower people to be self-sufficient and become members of the community, who in turn offer the same opportunities to help others. They strive to have everyone leaving their organization with stable housing, social support, sustainable employment, education, access to health care, family engagement, and goals for the future. To get involved, donate, or to get help, make sure to visit www.bridgestochange.com. And we're back. We're talking to Mike Donnelly from CBD Path. We've been really starting to dive into the CBD conversation. I'm really curious, Mike, like what, what are some of the benefits you've seen from CBD as it relates to, to veterans specifically? So veterans specifically, uh, you know, with our op tempo lately in the military, the past, we've been at war for what, 19 years now. Um, you've got a lot of anxiety. You've got a lot of insomnia and, and, uh, <clears throat> There's, there's a lot of issues that the guys are coming back with and don't know how to cope with and don't know how to deal with. And I, and I believe this is where you're seeing a lot of the, the opioid problems that we're having and, and, and the suicide issues that we're having. Um, so, you know, this, we believe from the stories that we're getting, like I've got a good friend of mine uh, that got his leg amputated um, about a year and a half ago now. Um, having a big, having a lot of problems with it, having a lot of anxiety, couldn't sleep, a lot of pain, and was having a lot of trouble. 
he got on CBD and it wasn't mine at the time because I wasn't, I didn't have my company open, but at the time he got on CBD and he says it changed his life that it it took away the edge. It was, it allowed him to sleep. And now CBD has different effects for different people, but this is just one of the scenarios where, you know, it, he, he swears that it changed his life and allowed, it it allowed him to, to cope with the pain that he was going through. Um, you know, constant stories like that. It's it's nonstop. Another marine, a marine uh, gentleman that reached out to us. He was getting, you know, three to four hours of sleep a night, and he wanted he wanted better sleep. He reached out to us. Um, we helped him out with what he should take, and within two days, he replies back to us. It's the best thing I've ever taken. I was able to sleep seven hours last night. So for me, for me, you know, with with what I do in the veteran community right now, with raising money and, and meeting these guys and and seeing what you know, seeing what their lives are about, for me, it's it's huge to get this feedback. I feed off the feedback get right now uh, on what CBD is doing for people. So for me, you know, it's, it's getting it, getting the word out there, what it can do, how it can do it. One of our biggest things is on our website at the cbdpath.com is is we have a quiz. So if you go to our if you go to our website, it'll take you to a quiz and you can because most people don't know about it, don't know what to take, when to take or how to take. And we have a quiz that'll say, okay, well, what 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 is your symptom? Is it anxiety? Is it insomnia? Is it inflammation? So, you, it'll narrow you down to to a topical or an or an oral dropper. So we'll have a quiz that'll take you down to. We recommend this product. We recommend this dosage, and this is how you should take it. And we have a huge blog on our website as well that gives you a ton of information on CBD. So. So we've been we've been really hot and heavy on this uh, for the past year. We just started this company in January of 2020, um, and wow. it's been a great it's been a great ride so far. Every month we've grown. Um, you know, one of our biggest one of our biggest cities that we sell to is New York, just because all we believe because all the anxiety and stuff that's happening in New York, we have a lot of people buying our product out of New York. That's amazing. Yeah. What do you think is keeping the VA from adopting something like this? If it's clear. It's clear that this is working and this is helping veterans. What is it in the VA that's stopping this? Is it just a political thing? Is it just a, they just don't understand the data behind it? What do you think that's stopping it? You mean big pharma? I mean, sorry, I'm sorry. Oh yeah, yeah. Got to uh, talk yeah, about big pharma. Sure. So, so no, it's interesting. It's interesting you say that. As a matter of fact, so we were we were just on the phone. CBD Path was just on the phone with a VA out of Northeast, um, and we we're talking to them on 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 the on the um, aspect of CBD and giving it to veterans and the trials and whatnot. And we're all and we had a long conversation with them. They didn't know much about CBD or if they could get involved in it, but we were we were putting together the pieces to talk to the right people and see what we can do. And and also in California, the VA in California has a pilot program right now for the CBD. So so there's some things that are happening. There's there's some things that are moving. And one of the situations also with CBD is that the military, the active military is very clear across the board, no CBD for active military. And the reason that is, is that, you know, CBD is a hemp plant. The marijuana is a cannabis plant, but they're two separate plants. On a CBD hemp plant, or excuse me, on a hemp plant with CBD in it, you have 0.3% of THC or, or less for it to be considered a hemp plant. So in, so in CBD, you have, you, have, you have three types. You have an isolate, which is just CBD. You have a broad spectrum, which is the CBD and terrapins. And then you have the full spectrum, which is the terrapins, the CBD, and the THC, which is 0.3% or less. Now, probably what's happening is the active military, some guys getting busted for THC and he blames it on CBD. Now, he would have to take an enormous amount of CBD with THC in it to test positive. But the military probably didn't want to deal with all the stuff that was coming out. So they said across the board, no CBD. 
Um, so I don't know if you know about that scenario, but that that's out there right now. But we believe things are changing there too. So, well, I, I think that makes sense, though. I mean, so I'll be honest. Like, if I'm on a ship, right, and I have some critical thing that is my job, but I took CBD that night because I wanted to sleep, and I get woken up at one or two o'clock in the morning, I may not be at my best. So I I kind of get that, but I mean, it it makes sense that that's exactly where you would want it to be, right? Like, those are so such high stress high impact, uh, go, go, go type of scenarios that CBD could certainly help when you are not on duty or when you don't need to perform some critical task. So Uh, CBD affects your echocannabinoid system. It it actually tells the sensory system in your body to produce more of whatever it might be lacking, whatever might help you with your anxiety or your inflammation or your anxiety. You know, so, you know, yes and no. I understand where you're coming from and why you're saying that, why you said that, but it's not. So it's like, it's like saying, you know, lemon and honey makes you, makes you sleep better. Well, let's stop everybody from drinking lemon and honey before they go to bed. So CBD is a natural hemp plant. It's not, so it's not a created drug in a lab. It's not a lab drug. It's not a NyQuil. It's not a, it's, you know, it's not, it's not a drug that's specifically made to make you sleep or, you know, create a heavy deep sleep. CBD, you know, so CBD doesn't really knock you out into a deep sleep. What it does is it, it creates, it, it, it hits your sensors to tell you to sleep better or assist you sleeping better. It's not that you'll wake up groggy or you're going to wake up, you know, like, like you should still be sleeping. F, you know, FYI, if that clears it up a little bit. No, no, it's, it's helpful context. I mean, I've, I've taken a few uh, just to help me sleep and I, I just know that. Oh I've yeah. Me, yeah. I, well, you know, and to be fair, you know, now that I'm thinking about it, it's probably more of like a, an indica type of an edible, not a pure just okay. CBD. Right. Uh, that, 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 yes, if that's the case, yeah. yes, that, that is true. Yes, that would do that. It definitely might be a part of it. But uh, no, I totally get what you're saying. And, and uh, you know, I, mean, I guess melatonin is a, a good sort of parallel yeah. to that, right? Like, Correct. Um, I, that's really interesting. And, and what are some of the conversations you're having that make you optimistic that at least in the VA, these conversations are, are becoming productive. Well, the, well, number one, the pilot program that we understand is going on in California yeah. and, that, and that we were able to get on the phone with the VA up in Northeast and have a great conversation with one of the lead guys at that VA and in his openness to have further conversations with some of, some of his staff that are in key roles that, that, that could allow this to happen. Um, so that, that's positive. And, and I think, and I think with the more studies, the more time, the more studies that are going on. I mean, there's already been studies in Australia and Israel on CBD, but the more studies that go on in uh, the United States, you know, the FDA, you know, once the FDA, you know, that's another one of the, the sticking points right now is the FDA making a decision how they're going to classify CBD. Um, so since it came off the federal ban list in 2018, um, the FDA and the government's really kind of sidestepped CBD for the most part and haven't given it some rules and regulations and, and qualifications and kind of states are trying to figure out how they want to, how they want to maneuver around CBD, how they want to, if they're going to allow it to be, um, combined in cooked goods or how it can be ingested. So there's still a lot of unknowns. Um, so, you know, they're, they're coming together. You're hearing, you're hearing some chatter that, that, that they're on it. They're looking at it, they're processing it. So, it's coming around. It's, it's just, it's going to take some time. We just, you know, the companies that are in it for the long haul, the companies that are in it for the right reasons will be around uh, when, when the right decisions are made on how and when and, and who and, and can take it. You know, this, this, this industry got saturated, you know, 2018, when it got released, it was saturated, but yeah. you've seen, you've seen recently where there's a bunch of companies that have fallen by the wayside that, that did not project, you know, 
the the long term. Didn't project what it would take for marketing and branding. Didn't pro, you know? Didn't project the cost to, to keep the business running. So it's like any other business, you know, CBD is like any other, it's like selling toothbrushes. You know, for me, it's, 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 you know, there's, even though it's saturated, there's enough pie to go around for everybody. If you, if you're doing it for the right reasons with the right background, with the right, with the right message coming across, you'll, you'll be successful. Well, let's talk a little bit about that, right? The business side of it is really interesting because now you, you talk about the market being saturated. What, what have you been doing to differentiate yourself and, and how do you get to your customer? Education, education, education. Yeah, a lot of a lot. You know, so from the beginning, and, and I attribute this to my wife. Super smart. She understands what the consumer is looking for, what they want, what they needed in this industry. And one of the biggest one of the biggest faults to this industry was education. I had my father. I told my father I was starting this business. He goes, "Oh no way! I just I had bought two bottles of CBD." I'm like, "You did?" He goes, "Yeah." I'm like, "Where did you learn about it?" He goes, "Oh, it was in the, it was in the uh, magazine at my doctor's office." I ordered two bottles. I said, okay, what are you taking? How much are you taking? I don't know. I'm like, well, how many milligrams? I, I don't know. I'm like, dad, I mean, that makes no sense. He goes, yeah. He goes, I took one bottle, not all at one time. He goes, I took one bottle. I really didn't notice anything. So I stopped taking it. I didn't take the other bottle. So, so I said, send me a picture. He sent me a picture. He was taking five milligram capsules, which is next, which isn't a lot. And, and so he didn't really know how to take it or why to take it or when to take it. So one of the biggest things for me to differentiate ourselves is education. We, we you know, putting that quiz on our website. Cause a lot of people go, wait, wait, do I take, do I take a gummy? Do I take a tincture? Do I do a rub? Do I, do I do a spray? Like there's, there's different forms and different ways to take it, but really nobody has a the great idea, you know, unless you've taken it for a while, you really don't understand it. So one of our things is, you know, read our blog, understand what you're taking, understand why you're taking it, understand why you should take it. What are the symptoms that you might have that, that might help you? It's not a magical drug. It is not a cure-all, fix-all um, um, ointment. It's for your toolbox. You still have to live that healthy life. You still have to be a positive, healthy person to get the benefits and the effects from CBD. But it's just part of your toolbox with everything else that you also need to do at the same time. When you're when you're thinking about this business and the marketing and um, and how you're going to reach your customer, did you go through the tip? A lot of businesses, they'll go through the process of like building out their customer persona. Who's your typical customer? Like, did you have to go through that process or is it just, let's put this up there. Let's put a lot of education on there and then let's just really figure out how we're going to get to you know, whatever that growth path is. Right. X, Y, Z, right. No. So I think it was obvious for me from the beginning when we talked about it, that obviously with my military background, um, that, and and from all the fundraising I was doing uh, and meeting all the veterans and being in front of the the military's events that I was at, it was obvious to me that, that the veterans were the most important to me to get this in front, in front of, uh, you know, and I, and I believe, you know, and I still believe that it'll help with the opioid crisis and, and the uh, suicide crisis if we can get guys to understand that this is part of the toolbox as well as the other programs that are out there. Um, so for me, it was obvious that, you know, my my niche at the time was, was the military um, side of it. And at the time, there weren't a lot out, there were not a lot of companies, and there's a bunch now, and I, I wish them all you know, great success. Um, but there weren't a lot of company CBD companies focusing on our veterans or military um, or first responders, you know, even even more first responders that I believe this is this is the product for them for that anxiety, you know, for that inflammation of, you know, when they when they when they're working those you know, 12, 15, 20 hour shifts, 
so yeah, it was it was obvious it was obvious to my wife and I, you know, what direction we want to take. So if you look at my if you look at the cbdpath.com, you'll see that it's it's got a military. You know, we give military discounts twenty percent. Any any first responders are military. So and then we also give back a portion of our proceeds to nonprofit veteran organizations. So we were I was specific in in the direction I wanted to take it and the look and the feel that I wanted it to have. So yeah, absolutely no question. We we knew our we knew our audience and, and who we were trying to reach out to. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah. So, you know, you've been a, a serial entrepreneur. You've started in, and you have a lot of uh, businesses. And I ask this of all our guests, what is the one thing, the one thing that you fucked up and you're like, oh, my God, I will never screw that up again because it could have had a detrimental imp- impact on my business. And it's hard to pick one because you're an entrepreneur, right? Like there's <laughs> the common thing that's like, oh, shit, I fucked a lot of things up. I, I have to pick one. <laughs> right, Josh? It's funny, man. It's like. I, I don't know if it, I don't know if it's good or bad, but I don't put those things to memory, so to speak. Sure. I guess you could say it's it's funny. I was filling out, um, I was doing a podcast uh, a month or so ago, and they wanted me to fill out this form prior to prior to doing it, and it asked me a bunch of questions, and a, and a few of the questions were like, you know, what do you, you know, it, it used words that I would never use, like like uh, failure and this. And I'm like, I've never used that word before. I, I couldn't, I couldn't even tell you what I've failed at. I've never used it before. I don't think about it. Yeah. Um, I, <sighs> but we've all made mistakes, right? We've all done something in our business that, man, if I like, for example, I'll give you a good one for me, right? When, when I was doing a, we did a developer company, I brought in a CTO who'd never, ever, 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 ever worked at a startup before. So he didn't know the cadence and the pace at which you have to work. And so when he got burned out, it shouldn't have shocked me. I'm looking back, it doesn't shock me now, but um, it was hard. It, it screwed up the, it just scuttled the momentum of the business. Right. So now, like when I'm, if I'm starting another business, I do, I build in redundancy, not only for the platform, but for people, even right. if it's a team of two. Right. Um, so I learned a lot great, because man. it screwed up the entire business. Great. You know, that's a great point. Yeah. So you jog, you, you just jog my memory in that aspect. So yeah, you know, very interesting situation is, is not, not always trying to do things myself. So to yep. speak, like, I, you know, when, I, when we were growing and, and we had probably about 30 employees or so, I still didn't hire an operations manager mm. that could run it all that could oversee it all that could you know i didn't put them you know it, for me it was probably more about you know paying somebody for that for that service and you know so probably not doing that soon enough not putting in the the, the key executives that would help um to alleviate a lot of what i was doing trying to do myself so to speak so yeah probably probably not spending the money to put the right people in the right places so that I can continue to grow the business in different ways and different aspects, actually. Yeah. Great, great question. Great point. Yeah. Not hiring the right people at the right times. I think it's hard as an entrepreneur, especially when you're building something that's your idea, you, no one's going to love it as much as you do. Right. And so it's hard to kind of let go and be like, all right, I'm trusting you to not screw up my dream. So it's, it's a hard thing to do. Um, I want to dig in a little bit about the uh, the proceeds going to the nonprofit. Um, I, I love that, and I understand the why. Um, <laughs> obviously, uh, but I mean, what what about the nonprofit? Um, is it that 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 compels you to get involved in both? I mean, I I sit on the board for a veteran service organization, um, and I know why I do it. And I'm really interested to hear your story and your background and get involved in nonprofits. 
So, you know, there haven't been so many programs like there are now. I, I, you know, I believe now there are a lot of good programs for veterans and veteran, veterans in need, but it hasn't always been that way. You know, I believe, you know, when these when the wars first started, you know, when when 19 years ago, when after after 2001, there were not a lot of programs for guys getting out and the issues that these guys had. I think you know from there to today, there's a lot better programs. These programs need support. These programs need funding so that they can continue to help veterans. I, I've 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 met a lot of patriots, and I've, I've met a lot of patriots that just want to do something for nonprofit veterans, but they don't know what to do. They don't know who to do it for. They want to make sure that they're they're putting their money in the right place. Um, so meeting the veteran, meeting excuse me, meeting the patriots at a lot of the events I go to, you know, keeps me, you know, keeps me, you know, excited to know that those guys, those those people are out there that just want to help, uh, that just want to be involved. Anything they can do, understanding that that are you know the veterans have put their lives on their line, they put their lives on hold so that they can have the lives they have. So, you know, for me, being involved in, in these nonprofits is to help them raise money, to help them, you know, with the programs that the veterans need that are out there. You know, one of the, one of the, so, you know, besides the UDT Navy SEAL Museum, the Memorial Wall and the Trident House that they support, um, you know, there's another, there's another program involved with the SWAM, with a mission out of New Hampshire. You know, they raised, they raised millions of dollars and they spread out, you know, the funds that they raised to, to, you know, 10, 15 different other organizations that need it, that are helping veterans. So knowing that, the, you know, knowing that we're, ra- we're raising money to go to the right programs to help veterans in need. And you know, that's for me, that's, that's enough, man. And, you know, you know, listen, so in a lot of these demonstrations, I still jump out of helicopters. So I'm still fast roping. I'm still repelling. I'm still, you know, you know, running, running and gunning, so to speak. But uh, so that keeps me that you know, I have fun with that as well. Um, so that's what keeps me involved. I know CBD Path is really young, but where do you see this going in in five to ten years? What do you hope it What do you hope it it, it grows to? So we need to build a, a, a good account base, a good customer base. Um, you know, continue with the feedback that we get. Um, I think I'm two or three years out to see that come to fruition, to where this the sales are where they need to be. Um, our information, the study behind CBD. I think from there, you know, I've been in talks and associated with a couple guys that that do extraction. Um, so I've looked at that side of it too, because you know, the end result, right? If, if you're if you're thinking about it properly, the end result is is to own the whole assembly line from A to Z if you can, so to speak. So you know, again, it's I've entertained a few guys that are doing extraction plants. You know, we've we've talked to a few people that own farms. Um, so I think in the aspect of, of CBD and hemp, it's, it's to build a customer base, not rush it. You know, I know it's going to be two, three, four years before we have the right customer base. Um, we have the right product. We have the quality product. Um, we're putting out the right information. Um, it's just to watch, it's just to continue to feed it, to, to nourish it, uh, watch it grow. And then, and then from there, invest into the, some of the avenues that, that, you know, get us to, to bottling, uh, situations. I love it. There's a, a really good documentary you should watch. I don't know if you've watched, you probably already have, but it's a, a documentary about Purdue chicken and Purdue chicken was the place where foster farms execs used to send their execs to get trained right. because Purdue, they, they, they uh, controlled that whole chain that you're talking about from egg to feed to the delivery trucks, all of that. They own that entire process. Right. And it, and, and it was because they wanted to control the quality at every end of it. And it ended up being a, 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 a superior product than anything else that was out there. Right. Really. And, and, 
Yeah. And then like I didn't mention before either. So on our bottle, so all of our products, all of our CBD products, they're top quality. We put a QR code on all of our products so that you can take your phone, uh, scan the QR code and you can see where the hemp came from and you can see the lab results. Wow. So yeah, we, we made it very, we want to be very transparent because we know that, you know, like Amazon, Amazon sends, sells hemp oil, but it's hemp oil from hemp seed. It's not CBD. Wow. So a lot of people buy CBD from Amazon and they think they're getting CBD, but they're not. And then there's a lot of companies that, that aren't putting the right product out. So we, we wanted to be very clear and transparent from the beginning that we're putting the right product, the best product. You can see the lab results on every bottle. Um, so, you know, it's it, the company's built right. Um, and it, and it, it wasn't, it, we didn't go the cheapest route to get the company off the ground and, and where it's at right now. So, you know, I know it's, it's going to be a process, but it's, it's going to be a fun process. I enjoy talking about this. I, I enjoy talking to you, Josh. I mean, for me, this is, I, you know, I've learned so much about myself in this past year. I didn't do so before, you know, I'm a contractor, right. And yeah. I invest in companies and, and I had some cool companies here and there, but I've never really talked about myself or talked to people about myself. So for the past, you know, eight, nine months, yeah, I've been on podcasts talking to awesome people like yourself, just shooting the shit and talking about, you know, where I've been and what I've done. And I never realized, you know, for me, I, again, I don't, you know, no expectations. I really don't pay attention. I just chug along every day and be the best person I can be and do the best I can be or do the best I can do. So, you know, this is, this is need for me to, to, to actually voice it to, to you and, and your listeners. So I really appreciate it. No, we appreciate you coming on. Where can people find you online? So for the CBD path, we're at the cbdpath.com. Um, and you can find us on Instagram or Facebook, the CBD path. Um, I'm a character myself, um, on Instagram. Um, I'm at Mike D frog and I, I do some stupid things and, and I, I travel a lot and have a lot of fun in life. Like I'm living, like I am living my best life. I love it. Um, I was talking to somebody the other day and they laughed at my Instagram and said, wow, you know, you're a character. And I'm like, yeah, you know, I just live my best life. I, I you know, I, I live every day to the fullest um yeah so it's amazing so yeah cbdpath.com or find me at mike d frog and and uh yeah i love it mike thanks so much for coming on the veteran founder podcast we really appreciate you and all the best and anything we can be doing to be helpful just let us know josh you're awesome and, and likewise uh and i didn't mention this before you know we do a lot of collaboration with you know cbd path <laughs> we you know we collaborate with a lot of veteran organizations uh and and we like we like pushing information uh, and we like sharing information and, and we like working together uh with veteran organizations to get the word out on on, on what their program is what their message is so again, you know, anything we can do together, you know, I'm all open for it and, and let's, you know, let's, let's, let's talk and, and see what we got. Yeah. Let's figure it out, man. I, I love it. Uh, we'll, we'll, we'll chat offline, man. Excellent. But, uh, but thanks again for coming on. Uh, you've been listening to the veteran founder podcast right here on the startup radio network. Tune in every Friday at 1 PM Pacific. Listen, learn, get shit done. See you later guys. You're listening to the startup radio network. Listen, learn, launch. 10% of our gross revenue goes directly to women entrepreneurs in developing countries around the world through Kiva's microfinance program.